time is coming gone and I just wanna look back And wouldn't change a thing about as matter of fact Cheers to all my peeps down in the burg It's a new year but it's the same old world Don't be scared to go after your dreams they Happy Sunday, Natalie. Happy Sunday, everybody. So it's our fourth episode of Growing Young Together, am I right? Yep, that's right. So today is October 29th, and can you believe October is pretty well over? I cannot wait to put up the Christmas tree. (laughs) (laughs) You're actually wearing a Merry Grinchmas pajamas right now. Well, yeah, you won't let me put up the tree, so I'm... Wearing my Christmas PJs and drinking out of my Christmas mugs and counting down the days. I'll bet you're um, drinking uh, like a peppermint mocha coffee type thing, aren't you? Uh, that one's toasted marshmallow. Oh, okay. So there's a little bit of fall left. Yeah. So we've had a lot going on the last couple of weeks since we've produced our last podcast. And uh, before we go any further today, we have a, you know, it's October's not quite yet over. And before we jump into Christmas, uh, we thought we'd bring kind of a Halloween episode and we have a a friend of the family, Jeff Waldridge, that's going to be on in a little bit, talking about uh, Lawrenceburg and the hauntings and maybe the hotel and uh, all things creepy. And you want to kind of bow out of that section, don't you? I am going to give Jeff my comfy chair and let him have this spot. But I'm telling you right now, if the two of you bring any spirits in this house, he can just go on and move in because I'm going to move right out. Well, before we jump into that, so uh, a fun family thing we did uh, since the last time we were on air, we had a pumpkin carving competition. We did. That was fun. Rigged. (laughs) Hey, you still got a scratch off? A second place? Yeah, you want a scratch off? I was disqualified. You did kind of bend the rules a little bit. There's no rules to bend. Oh, I bet you there are some rules next year. Okay, so yeah, I brought a little Christmas theme into it. Mm-hmm. But I did the Grinch pumpkin and put a little gourd out there as Max. And just because I worked a lot on the Grinch pumpkin before. Yeah, so you had way more time than everybody else. Well, that is up for debate. And I'm going to post a picture of it. Well, you are debating incorrectly. I will fight you on this one then and I will win. <laughs> so what else? Uh, we celebrated our 20-year anniversary together. What did we do, Natalie? We did. That was so fun. That was so fun. We went to dinner at Bluegrass Sabor. Shout yeah. out, Bluegrass Sabor. Um, and then we went to Walmart, and we went separate ways, and we each bought things we thought the but other... what was the budget? Oh, well, it was supposed to be $25, and we were supposed to buy things that we thought the other would enjoy and then come home and show each other what we bought. Neither one of us stayed within that budget, but it was so We don't even fun. have to discuss what uh, we end up spending. No, 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 no. But we can tell them the uh, PG-rated things that we bought for each other. So I bought you um, a new plaid hooded shirt yeah. that I think you'll like and um, some pajamas for yourself and some Grinch sweatpants and candy, candy, peanut M&Ms. Oh, and cards. Yeah, yeah, some new playing cards because we like to go through playing cards around here. Yeah. Uh, I bought you. Let's see, where do I start? Oh, I, we went to the Jelly Roll concert since the last time too. Really? But we didn't talk about it. Any? Well, you bought the Jelly Roll. That's what albums. Yeah. Uh, they had both Witless Chapel and then the other one, the older album. And I was like, you know what? I don't have a record player, so I was bought one of those too. It's a Crosley portable record player. And then as a craft that we were wanting to do together, or I thought would be fun as a family, I bought a huge tie-dye kit with a bunch of white blank t-shirts. So we're going to be tie-dyeing some shirts soon. 
Yes, that was so fun. And then I'm speaking of um, family crafts, just a little FYI. So, you bought that huge paint puff kit yesterday. Did Bailey take it? Um, Bailey has it. Hello, Stella. Yeah. Bailey has it right now, and she is currently puffing up some accessories. I told her not to touch my computer. Oh but, no. Um, just so you know, the last time I checked on her. She was puffing a pair of Nikes. No, was was she? No, I'm just kidding. I think she knows better than that. <laughs> I but told she, her she could do her cell phone case. Oh, yeah, and she's already done a binder, and she was asking me for all kinds of things. It actually looks pretty cool. Yeah. Um, huh, interesting. Okay, so let's see. When are you wanting to set up the Christmas tree, Natalie? Wednesday, bro. Oh, the day after Halloween. Mm-hmm. Actually... I would have set it up this weekend, but you told me you need to mow first, so you didn't want to start decorating for Christmas outside or inside until you mowed one last time. But um, if I knew where the Christmas tree was and could reach it, I would totally put it up. What's your favorite part about Christmas? The joy that it brings. All the happiness, all the lights. Christmas movies are my favorite. And I like to spread out the season as long as possible. I know a lot of people get upset about trees before Thanksgiving. I'm thankful every single day of the year. But something about the Christmas season just helps my stressy and depressy personality that I get this time of year. This is where we differ. You know what I like? Why? Because you're happy all the time? No. I want to go get in the mess of Black Friday. There's something <sighs> um, about going and getting in thank all that. God you married um, into a family with a sister who will go... With a sister-in-law who will go with you. My sister will go with you. I have, I I like to sleep. It's fun to people I watch. will watch the children. No, I don't like people. The I'm worst, not going the into worst crowds. Is, the worst is Marcus. Uh, to go Black Friday shopping with Marcus because he still treats as any other uh, shopping experience. He'll go to the baking section and see if he needs to pick up any like Little Debbies or anything like that. But then the one time I was with him, and I think it was 2020, and... It was NBA 2K, and I know um, the Madden game was just out, and you know they put it on clearance a little bit, and they had the line wrapped around the egg section back there in the back. And Marcus and I, Marcus dapped up the Walmart uh, official or associate and cut line, walked all the way through the back, just walked up to the, the container that had the games, and we weren't even released yet. Grabbed his few, dapped up the associate again, and we left. And I was like, whoa, Marcus, what are you doing? He's like, I know him. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Speaking of the real Marquise, he uh, took that episode from last week and made it into a song. And I was truly honored about that. He is. He hasn't released it yet. Yeah, though. he released it last night. Oh, Have you he? not been on the socials no. today? Yeah, he did. Um, yeah. Let's see. What else? We also bought a mattress. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, you're getting old when for your 20-year date anniversary. You buy a new mattress because both of us have been dealing with some pretty annoying back pain lately. And I, I got to admit, the last two nights that we've had that mattress in, we haven't slept past 8 o'clock in years. And what was it, 9.45 yesterday that we woke up? and I was making up for lost time. Because yeah. I usually average five to six hours of sleep yeah. a night. That's where we differ. I need about 12. <laughs> <Just>. <laughs> our, our daughter's kind of on my level she can go to bed late get up early and be fine with it but let me just say how proud of you have you been of bailey recently i mean we're always proud of Bailey. i was gonna say i'm always proud but now we have basketball so middle school season ended and now we still have basketball every let me get this right monday tuesday 
Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Correct. Live, eat, breathe, basketball. all things basketball. Mm-hmm. And let me just say, yeah, she's in a church league right now, and she's mostly in it just for conditioning and keeping her skills fresh. It was kind of funny because a lot of her teammates, uh, two of her closest friends, are all on the same team. And they wanted to do stay together to still condition and, and play as a team. And it's three sixth-grade girls uh, on one team, and they're playing against a bunch of sixth, seventh, and eighth-grade boys. And last night... What was the score? I, we're not here to brag about the score. I'm not bragging. But I'm it saying was she, she 51 got, to 15. She got 12 <laughs> points, though. Yeah. Hey, Kudos to the other team too. All those kids out there are doing great, and Mad, I'm proud of got every beat one by of them. A bunch of girls. No, I'm just proud of Bailey because you and I both know how hard it's been to knock down that wall of confidence. Of confidence, it always is. She's always afraid she's gonna hurt somebody else's feelings, or it's almost like she'd ask, "Hey, do you mind? May I please see the ball?" Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. now she's finally learning on the court. You don't have to be. Well, nice. there's actually four girls on the team, and I can't be more proud of our entire team. So, um, yeah, people can make fun of church league basketball all they want. But let me tell you. Leave the judging you, to Jesus. Until you play it, it gets <laughs> serious. But then she's got travel basketball that has started up for the school team. Mm-hmm. And then I'm so proud because now she travels with me on Tuesdays yep. to go play basketball with my friends. Yep. And she hasn't let that quit. I'm very thankful for that, too, because it gives me my a long time to read all the books that I want. A.K. go to sleep at 7.30, Well, o'clock. that, too. No, ju- no well, What did I just say? Leave no. the judging to Jesus. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys for listening today. Um, I am super excited. Whoa, are you signing off? Yeah, because I am... I'm not trying to be in this room when you talk about all these haunted things. All you right. know I'm already well, superstitious enough. I don't need anything else to add to it. Little does so. she know. I still have some artifacts of the Anderson Hotel sitting I will in cut this you. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to go to a quick uh, break. And when we come back, we're going to have special guest Jeff Thanks, Walters. guys. All right. Be right back. Thanks, See ya. guys. Oh, my God, Ronnie. Perfect. I'm talent. Waiting on my time. Waiting for the opportunity for me to shine. I put talent. Waiting on my time. Waiting for my moment in the light. It's time to grind. I put talent. Waiting on my time. Waiting for the opportunity for me to shine. I put talent. Waiting on my time. Waiting for my moment in the light. It's time All right, we're back. Uh, we have a special guest with us, um, Jeff Waldridge. He is the current caretaker of the Anderson Hotel, the originator of the Scarefest in Lexington that has blown up worldwide, and also the owner, operator, and founder of the Lawrenceburg Ghost Walk. And when I tell you that Jeff has been involved in a lot of projects that involve the paranormal, that is an understatement. So, Jeff, welcome to our uh, my podcast. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, you know, it's I'm in the studio. I'm usually <laughs> yeah. used to doing this thing like you know on a telephone or Zoom or something. So well, my basement it's a little better. Yeah, my basement kind of looks like a hard rock cafe yeah, mixed like uh, with a uh, Planet Hollywood that's thrown up and had a lot of. Uh, I got like my office is kind of the same size (laughs) and uh it's when we when we got the house it was the only room that don't have like really good heat and air so I got to live there (laughs) so you know that's my that's my space but it's got like you know about the same kind of stuff with a little more weird weird things here or there but I don't have too many weird things I used to keep the and we'll dab into it a little bit uh later on but the the famous 
porcelain clown that has uh, right. been involved in so many things. Used to sit on that shelf right over there, but uh, underneath a couple of my haunted house masks. But we'll dive into that a little bit later. So the reason I thought it would be a good idea to have Jeff on the podcast, um, I set up a little work function with Stuart Home and School where the staff came over and we did the Lawrenceburg Ghost Walk. Uh, you've been doing that for a number of years. Super popular, yeah, and I was like, I want to do that. So yeah, we got a group together. Tell me about it, Jeff. It's so it it was kind of like, and and I'll kind of I guess start at the beginning because everything kind of matters with yeah. that. Like we started Scarefest in two thousand eight, and I ran it all the way till twenty thirteen, and then I was to the point where I was like, okay, either I I got to get out of this, or I'm going to throw myself off the roof of yeah. the arena because it's just so much work and it's so much headache. And you have to deal with so much crap. So I was like, I got to go do something else. So I left it. I just left. And, and people that didn't know what Scarefest was. It's, it's, it's the largest it? horror and paranormal convention in the country. Um, and, and you get big names to come to that. Yeah, like you, any any horror movie star you could imagine. I mean, that's that was the coolest part for me. Because I got to bring in folks that I always wanted to meet. And they there was, but it was kind of weird, like niche type things. Yeah. Because like. I would always have one or two guests a year that was like my people that I wanted to meet. Like one year I brought in like James Hampton, the dad from Teen Wolf, just because I wanted to meet him. Oh, that's cool. And then I brought in Vernon Wells, which was the villain from Commando with Arnold Schwarzenegger. So I was <laughs> like, I, I want to meet him too. Yeah. So it's like the most offbeat people. So the, oh, you're saying the, the best part about that gig is uh, your personal meet. Right. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and you get to hang out. And then like uh, Sean Cunningham Here's the best part about the last year I did it was I got to bring in Sean Cunningham, which was the director of Friday the 13th. That's cool. And uh, so 2008 was a cool year for us because it was our first year and nobody really trusts first year conventions in the the business. But uh, somehow we got the largest reunion for Friday the 13th out there. Really? And we had like Betsy Palmer before she passed away. We had Adrian King. We had all the you know all the folks you know all the big ones except Sean Cunningham couldn't come. We had Ver- uh, Victor Miller, which was the writer of the the thing. He had never done a convention. We had Harry Manfredini, which actually was the uh, composer. So he did all the music. He did the whole you know the the whole sound that everybody cool. hears. And but I'll tell you the funny part is Paramount actually contacted me when we were. Of, you know about ready to do it and they were like listen we want to send a, send a film crew down there to film because we're looking for these people to film for the special features for the new re-release box set of friday the 13th series but we can't get them because they're all at your convention so they sent a film crew down and and filmed a lot of it so if you look at some of the special features on Part one and part two. I'm on part two, actually, on the little documentary of the special. Well, that's cool. I did not know that. Yeah, so it's, uh, and part one was filmed at, at Scarefest, like their whole reunion panel. But uh, the coolest part about it was just getting to talk to those people. And like Tom Savini and his effects, I was like such a, you know, fanboy for his effects work. And then like talking to, like Betsy Palmer was just nuts. She was the wildest lady I think I'd ever met in my life. So do you still do you still attend the convention even though you're not? No, really? absolutely not. <laughs> uh, I, I have, but I have. But, uh, we now have a business called Creepy People Management. So we represent all the big names in the paranormal world for events. Well, they book through us. So we we 
of course, have to go. But you know, so I you're went, involved, but yes, not involved, right? In I'm it. involved, but not. In, it's cool to kind of sit back and look, and then everybody's like, "What are you doing here? Hey, what are you doing here?" Yeah, like, we've got people here. Yeah, so, I, I built you know, this. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kind of here, but you know, I lived this for a long time. Um, I know why you all do stuff when you all don't know why you do yeah. stuff. So it's funny to see the logo, and I'm like, I know how that logo you know, came to be. I know yeah. how this came to be. I know why you do this. But, uh, you know, a lot of people were like, well, you should have kept ownership rights. I was like, I, just, I'm a, I'm a, I can do something else. I mean, you yeah. know, that's one thing that I always try to tell people is like, if you leave something and you're creative enough, you don't have to like hold on to that. Just go build something else. Be yeah. creative in another way. I can almost relate to yeah. that, Jeff. I mean, it really is. It's yeah. the truth. I yeah. mean, go be creative somewhere else. I we, mean, it's just the way it works. We can talk about it a little later, but we stopped the Anderson Hotel, um, and we'll connect the pieces here in a little bit. Um, I inherited and, it. Yeah. I blame you so, all. No, we, I blame you I, all for we, every bit of that. Yeah, we stopped it, but then I took what I knew about that kind of stuff and morphed a business into doing Grinch work. So, and it's kind of blown up. Martin Absolutely <laughs> amazing Grinch work. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. So let's get back to uh, the Lawrenceburg Ghost Walk and how that, because that was, let me tell you, that was some really cool stuff knowing what has happened in our little town and not only knowing what happened or finding out what happened, how close the young family has been to so much of it. Right. It's crazy. That's it. Your dad says the crazy old sheriff. Now he's the crazy old mayor. <laughs> uh, but like, I'll tell you the funny part about it was I started doing a lot of that research 12 years ago, yeah. probably closer to 13. And I wanted to make sure that the, the research was right because there's so much weird history in this town. that's not right. Like it's all like balanced out and stacked up and you hear stories about this stories about that. So I want to make sure the stories were real. And yeah. true. And uh, so I went to Savannah years ago on a ghost thing, and I took every ghost tour that I could. And I wanted to see what they were doing and how it worked and, um, you know, take little pieces away from everything because I didn't just want to be a guy sitting there talking because there's so many ghost tours out there that all they do is they lead you around, they lead you here, and they're like, that building's haunted, that building's haunted, but you never get to see anything or hear anything. Yeah. So what I did was there was one guy's tour that I took in Savannah, and he had a tablet and a speaker, and he just played audio. But I was like, I can expand on that, and I could almost like a, a walking presentation. That's what I did. Yeah. So and mine's a whole lot different than everybody else's because you get to see old pictures. You get to see, you know, ghost photos and all kinds of things. So I always tell people I'm just a dummy with the tablet. You know, pay attention to that. But, you know, the, the research was the hardest part. Because I literally had to go to the library, and this is before they redid it, and it's nice in there now, and somebody yeah. s somehow organized that room. But when I walked into that historical research room, it was literally just boxes stacked up and with shelves with some books on it, and I had to dig through boxes, and I was finding like original photographs from the 1800s that were just laying in there. Oh man, that, that was makes like my heart okay. We probably need to do something with these. Now, our historical society in the museum, same way. And it has some very precious things in there that are just kind of set there. But, you know, <laughs> I've thought about doing some kind of capering, taking them, you know, restore. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, so the ghost walk started and uh, 
it was a big hit and like I'll tell you the funniest part about it was the largest group I ever walked was 102 people and it Ooh. was it was one burgoo festival and it was the it was an absolute nightmare and uh, I said I will never walk that many people again but you know you get used to it and you I like the ghost walk because it's it's a little bit of a way to share history with with in an interesting way. So yeah, and then when doing the ghost walk, I've become some kind of accidental historian in town. Yeah. So like uh, the chamber of commerce has me uh, come and speak every year about history, and I'm like I'm just the ghost guy, but yeah. I'll talk about <laughs> it. But so and then I've talked to like other places that are about the history and. Because, I mean, I guess everybody's dying. That, that you said, oh, there was one fact that you said that amazed me, and that was pretty well. Every building, with the exception of one building on Main Street, has pretty well burned down at one point in at time. At least once. Most, most twice. Dang. So, I mean, all of that stuff on Main Street, it's old. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, some of it's just like maybe 100 years old. So, uh, the oldest building is the one down on the corner. And this is what I try to preach to people, because some people say this or that, and they're like, the oldest building in town is the Korean Clubhouse. I'm like, that's not true. That's the oldest brick structure in town. The oldest uh, structure in town is actually the front room of George Gohagen's house, sitting on Main Street. Wow, I didn't uh, know that. He has uh, a portion of the original uh, hewn log cabin from Thomas Prather, one of the original you know, settlement folks. That his front living room is a portion of that cabin. It's wow. still got the walls. I mean, they're log walls. And he lives in T.J. Ballard's house, which was a very, uh, you know, prominent citizen. And he uh, he purposely did that so to preserve that, that structure. So uh, that is the oldest structure. The oldest oldest business house, of course, is right there on the corner where Sweet Match is. That's that's pretty cool. So, you know, I try to set the rights and wrongs. And uh, one thing I will say for any locals, there are not tunnels that run across Main Street. There's, There's not? I've there always heard. not tunnels. I've, I've always heard that. I've been underneath every house. So, did you know me, Martin, and Marcus lived in the Saffo house when it was apartments? We lived there after the Russells have moved out. Right. And I, we found some cool bourbon. We found some uh, oh, Rip Van Winkle. It was pretty cool. Oh, yeah, but back in 2007. Oh, yeah, it wasn't we, worth much. Then. No, and we yeah. were drinking it. Like, me and a buddy was playing checkers with it, and we were right. drinking it. Now, now I look back, and now, I'm like, now what now did I do? Now it would be worth thousands <laughs> yeah. of oh, dollars. Oh, my gosh. I've, I've had that thing assessed by a friend, and everything because I still have pictures of the bottle. Right. And he's like, bro. That's thousands upon thousands of dollars. Well, I opened it and uh, drank shots out of it playing checkers one time. Well, so, see, you know, <laughs> you know sometimes we... But I'll tell you, and that's, that's one thing with the bourbon industry is, uh, you know, one thing with the bourbon industry is, um, okay, it's just grown over the past several years. Yeah. I mean, before that, it was like an old drunk guy's drink. Yeah, right. You know, it was like, bourbon's cool and all, but I mean... Like, you could go back and, like, get Wild Turkey 101, and it was like, oh, I don't really like it that much. <laughs> but, you know, like, now it's like, oh, I have to taste this and yeah. taste that. And I enjoy the tasting of bourbon, because if you really taste 
different ones, they all do taste a little different. You yeah. can get the little hints of this. Yeah, that. yeah. No, it's 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 pretty fun. You know, we I'm happy. With... We wouldn't exist if it wasn't for bourbon. No. So I mean, you know, that's and... that's another thing I try to preach to people is this town was built on bourbon. That's yeah. the reason it exists. And I am a big supporter of our local spirits, and I appreciate the heritage that uh, it yes. brought to Kentucky. Big time. All right, so another statement you made during the ghost walk, I thought it was really cool, and I and I kind of knew about it, but a lot of people didn't know Albert. What does the name Albert mean to you? <laughs> so Albert is the courthouse ghost, and I'll tell you how that came to be. Uh, B.J. Crane, uh, which was basically in charge of the courthouse at the time, he yeah. did research because they were having all these hauntings and things, and uh, he did research and he found out that a Confederate guerrilla. Uh, not the animal for any young yeah. listeners, uh, well, died in the courthouse. But his name was Albert McClure, and he was he was shot out by Salt River, or not Salt River, Kentucky River, and they brought him back to the courthouse. So I dug a little deeper into it, and I found out that actually he did die there. Uh, but they had put him on display, like his his mom wrote in her diary, and this was diary pages that I literally found stuffed in a box in the library. And it said McClure Family Papers, and I was like, okay, this is Mother's Diary. She wrote in there that she refused to shed a tear or show any remorse because of the disrespect they had shown her son. Wow. And what they had done was they put him on display, and he did die there. So um, now some things vary. Some say top floor, some say bottom floor. So, I mean, it's kind of, you know, because of the records and the fires. But um, he did die there, and that's why they call the ghost Old Albert. You know, that's everything's blamed on him, which yeah. I don't think it's him. I think that it's probably everybody that died in the old jail. Yeah. Because, I mean, there were, you know... Anderson County used oh, to have a jail. Yeah. Some people don't realize that. For a hundred years. Yeah. I mean, all the way from the late 1800s to the late 80s, we had a jail. And it was not, like, the best jail. It was not the most secure jail, but it was a jail. Um, and several people died there from stabbings and, and their own means, all kinds of things. I'd say probably over 20 or 30, I'd say. And Dang. that's one of the reasons it was shut down, because yeah. it didn't meet standard anymore. So my great-grandfather and my grandfather were both jailers, and I guess that's where the law enforcement uh, history or side from my family, because then my dad became sheriff. Uh, but it was my great-grandfather, Charlie Young, that um, I guess the two dogs, it's kind of, and you told the story, and I've always seen the picture hanging up in like my dad's office or you know, in the sheriff's office, but there's a picture of two dogs that were sentenced to death, right? In, right. Was it the early 1900s? Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, so crazy. They were, they and let were... me tell you, that, that story kind of made some co-workers mad of mine. Well, <laughs> I was know. like, but back then, it was... And, and, they, and I don't know why they singled these two dogs out specifically, because there was all kinds of articles in those old papers of that era where they talked about animals doing this, killing livestock but these two dogs for some reason they had a trial and there was a whole thing because they killed livestock it had to be something but yeah. but there were others doing the same thing but they never got their picture in the paper it's because they, they looked like beagles it may be <laughs> i think that i think the big thing was there had to be some kind of uproar in town about these specific dogs yeah maybe they killed more than everybody yeah, else yeah. but they they made the paper and the cover of my book by that's the way. yeah i well, put them in there because so. when uh we got the book and i was kind of reading uh, a lot of the chapters i saw the the picture on the front and i thought it was pretty cool yes yeah, so, um, i'll tell you and i told your dad this too i said uh, that that cover is inspired 
by the Flim Flam Man poster. You know, I can of tell. The entire, you know, the one where yeah. it's got the whole collage yeah. of things? That's exactly the way that I wanted to do that. So I, I had Regan's brother. He drew that. That's and, crazy. Uh, I said, I, I said, here's the original Flim Flam Man. I said, I want to take these aspects and you make a collage like that. A so, lot of people don't know we had a major motion picture film made in Lawrenceburg in the early 1960s. If you talk to any local around the age of 60 to 85, they were some way affiliated right. with the movie in the yeah, movie. Is, they have a story. <laughs> yeah. They either got a steak dinner or something. <laughs> My uncle was uh, ran through the street on the watermelon scene. I know that, and then my dad says he was a baby, and uh, our grandmother was holding. Like one of my great uncles was was one of the men in the watermelon scene, (laughs) and and he said that what he got paid was they gave him a certificate for a steak dinner at one of the the steakhouse that used to be up there. I think we're Dairy Queen. I can't remember what my uncle said that what he was paid, but it. I think uh, a couple of Christmases ago, or maybe it was five or six Christmases ago, we did still shots of him running through the street, and it's framed now in his basement. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and your dad probably has one of the biggest collections of memorabilia yeah, from the movie. I've seen a lot of it. A lot of it stays stored um, at one point in time. He brought it out on display. I do know he has one of the original scripts from the movie with like handwriting and notes in it and everything else. Can't pinpoint it to whoever it belonged to, but it, it's pretty cool. We need to figure that out. Yeah. Um, all right. Moving on from the Lawrenceburg Ghost Walk, we also talked about one of the most haunted places. I'm not even going to say Kentucky, but in the world. Uh, it's been featured on TV, uh, all, well, all kinds of TV shows. Uh, it kind of brought to light uh, a, a cool opportunity for me and my brothers. Uh, it was for the Travel Channel, but uh, we'll go back to that. So the Anderson Hotel. Uh, tell me about it. Um, I discovered this hotel <laughs> years ago. Actually, when I first started doing research for the, the ghost walk, I would take letters and put them in envelopes and I would slide them under the front door Yeah, because I did, I couldn't get in contact with the owner. So I was like, I got to try to get in there. So I slide them under the front door. And then this when Betsy and them? No, this is before. This, this is, before. is way okay. before. So... This is like, you know, when I first started research. And then uh, I'd been talking to Betsy and Jackson and just for their old building that they had and different things. And when they got into this building, Betsy told me, she said, you got to come see the hotel. I said, of course I do. So I pictured like when I opened that front stair door that there'd just be a stack of letters where I'd been sliding them <laughs> in for years, but there wasn't. So I guess the guy got them and was like, oh, whatever. Uh, so... I remember when I first walked upstairs, it was like just the biggest, trashiest place I had ever seen. Oh, yeah. I mean, like lime green, like turf going up the stairs. and It's still there. Yeah. The worst carpet, which is still there, too. Yeah. And just so much junk, which you all cleaned out. And I'm, <laughs> I'm very, those, very, very happy those, about those days that. were. Right. Ugh. So, because I was one man against the entire building, I couldn't clean all that out. So, that was great. But uh, I remember, I was like, okay. And they were like, well, if you want to investigate, go go ahead. So, I started to investigate the place. And I didn't even know if it was haunted. I mean, you know, I figured most hotels have something. 
but we didn't know a lot of the history and then betsy talked to the previous owner and then he told her about some of the suicides and some of the deaths but he was very guarded and he still didn't tell her everything and i still to this day i don't think we know everything that he knew um but the issue that i had was it had set empty since the late 80s and so whatever was there was almost like the energy level was just low and we ran into that again since the haunted house had shut down because yeah. of COVID and it set empty for so long. And it's kind of the same thing. It's, it's almost like if they don't have human interaction for some reason or Nothing. energy, it's like it dies out. It's strange, but we started to investigate, started to get things. And then it just started to elevate and elevate and get silly and crazy. And some of the weirdest hauntings I've ever like, it's so complex because there's just eras of people dead in there that yeah. hang out. And I've even this year when I was doing the getting ready to release the book, we found new information about like where the mortuary was, and and that's something that I couldn't verify before, but I was able to verify now. I mean, it's just like it's it every day you you find something or you figure something out. Like we were put covering the windows, uh, the front windows, and there was a bullet hole in one of them. Wow. And I'd never seen that before because in the very front room, so like on the bad side, front room to the left, one of the windows, it has a bullet hole in the bottom corner. And it looks never like maybe a twenty two or something. Yeah. It didn't shatter the window, it just went into it. Um I don't know, because Chris Tackett, he was, you know, covering the windows and he's yeah. like, Hey, have you ever seen this bullet hole? And I was like, No. I was like, That's weird. Yeah. But it was from the outside in. So somebody shot into that window from the oh. outside of the building. Huh. And it's old. I mean, it's an old it's an old deal. So, I mean, it's just like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a weird place. And you know that yourself just from yeah. being there. It's just, and you all had to clean all the junk out. Woo! We so, found some cool stuff up there, too. Uh, how many of those refrigerators? There was a bunch. Yeah. Like, those so. were good I, ones. I think a lot of them got tossed, too. Well, you know... Uh, it was just a, a lot of stuff. So for ones that didn't know, we so the hotel you had run the ghost walk through there yeah, and like, everything. I think they're like twenty seventeen, yeah. something like and that. And then uh we had owned a haunted house attraction that we started in two thousand thirteen. Look at the dates kind of matching up. You ran Scarefest to two thousand thirteen. We started a haunted house in two thousand thirteen. Yeah. We kind of was helping another brand out and then we branched off on our own in two thousand fifteen. And we did stuff at Eagle Lake, and then we moved to across the street on Main Street uh, to 105 uh, Main Street uh, above the Rutherford building. And then uh, Betsy and them kind of just talked about, like, how much space they had and how it's haunted. And we know from talking to you, and so we're like, yeah, we'll open up the Anderson Hotel as a haunted attraction. Yeah, because, I mean, at that point, I felt like my work was done. Done, done. You know, yeah. I'd like I'd, I'd figured out everything that I could. So when Jackson was like, I think we're going to start doing the, uh, you know, do the haunted house. I was like, okay. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, I felt like I was done there. So yeah. at least I knew that it was going to be in good hands. Yeah. And it wasn't just going to sit. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it was. Yeah, but I, I think I think it. we pissed off a lot of spirits, maybe. Well, <laughs> the, yeah, they. Uh, we came in there and. So the ghosts up there are very hard edged. Like, it's almost like the people that when they live there. Yeah. I mean, you've got. 
drunks and prostitutes and gamblers and alcoholics and just I, I mean saying, anything. the hotel was not known for no. a five-star resort it was I a right? flop house yeah and it was uh that's what i i mean i figured that out when i got up there and started looking around because it was gross and it's not just one building it is actually two buildings and i right? never viewed i still to this day i can't figure that out because it was built the same time the the hotel was built the same exact time but for some reason it's two buildings and I, i'm telling you there was some way, somebody's way to skirt around some code, some building code, some rule, yeah. because like there's no reason it should be two buildings. It should be one solid building. So I'll tell you the funny part about that is I don't fully understand why, but I think it was somebody's. It had to be a way to skirt around. Something. Yeah. yeah, because the fire system that's up there on one side of the building is super duper like intricate like yeah like with you see the fire door and yeah. like that was all on a pulley system so if that would have went off that pulley system would have pulled that door shut and latched it and then the other side of the building had a system but it wasn't as intricate as that it was kind of like just a bell or whatever yeah. so i don't i do not understand why it is separated i can't figure it out there's not an alleyway downstairs the buildings downstairs have always been there so I don't know. Uh, it's it's a mystery to me still to this day. So in 2017, we went up there and we cleaned it out. Uh, we kept a lot of the major stuff up there that was, you know, went with the hotel. You had previously found some mattresses that kind of had some history with it. And yeah, you, there were two. Yeah, yeah. it had some uh, fluid stains on it, and might have like it's blood. <laughs> it's definitely blood. Uh, I used luminol to <laughs> confirm knows, that. Who knows what else kind of fluids? Uh, up oh, on those there's mattresses. probably. <laughs> No telling. Yeah. I, I tell people all the time, like when we're up there, I'm like, Dude, I don't even want to imagine the debauchery that went on in this place that we don't know about. And I'll tell you, see, it gets weirder as you get in there more. When we were building the haunted house this time, which we'll get to, we had to uncover some of the little breezeways above the doors. Yeah. Well, somebody had took drywall and like put it in there and screwed it into the little flaps. And I swear, I told him, I said, I'm telling you right now, they did that because somebody up here was breaking into rooms and they were crawling through the top. I said, I guarantee you that's why they did it. Because there's no other reason that they would do it. I guarantee you some idiot up there was crawling through and stealing stuff (laughs) or God knows what else in their rooms when they wasn't there. Because we've heard all kinds of weird stories about some of the weird people that live there. Yeah. And some of them were very, very shady characters. And, you know, it's just, so when you think you have it figured out, it throws you a wrench. Yeah. And, and, it, and it does that constantly. It's done that to us just just recently when I got back in there, which we can get to, which was, I never imagined in a million years I would ever go back in there uh, because I felt like I was done. Like, I felt it was, I, my work was completed. Yeah. I felt accomplished there. And, Are you uh, happy to be back in there, though? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I love the building and yeah. I love the ghosts there, but I don't know that I really like being around them as much as I am, you yeah. know, because it's almost like they see me as a part of the place. Yeah. And it's like they, they want to be my friend or something. Oh, like it's strange. There was many a nights that me and uh, my buddy that we, like our position in the haunted house, we kind of ran the bad side. And for those that yeah, do I don't, not know what the I bad side. That side's not 
I don't like that. And I'll tell you a story because I haven't really put this out there publicly. Uh, but you go with yours, and I'll tell you recently what happened to me on that side. I, I'll be honest. I, Tyler Smith, yeah. hated, hated going up there by himself. And we, it would just be me and him on the bad side. And I, what do you think it would be? A couple of thousand square feet on that side alone? Easy. Yeah. It's, it's probably, let me think. In the, some of the darkest spots in the hotel. There's probably 10 or ten or 11 rooms over there. Yeah. But the, the weird part about that that building, like when you go onto the bad side, you take a left and there's one hallway and all the rooms are on the, the right-hand right yeah. side. And they're the, it's the most unchanged part of the hotel. Like oh, there's no carpet hardly over there. Like it's pretty original, and I'm gonna have to post some of these pictures with uh, yeah. when I do the when the podcast goes live. But he, you know, we could not joke with each other when in between groups coming up there because none of us wanted to get punched out um, by each other, like right. like hiding and like trying to scare each other. But uh, w- what our gig was is we would have lanterns, and the lanterns would go out. Yes, they were on remotes. We would turn off the lanterns, and people's fear would set. In and they would absolutely go crazy, and we turn the lantern back on. Either they're in the floor panicking, having a panic attack, or they're throwing the lantern at whoever's going to be in front of them, or they're trying to fight. Right. People's fear set in, and they absolutely hated that part of the hotel. Yeah, they. Uh, so what? What? What's recently? Uh, so happened to you? Of course, you always know you don't have enough people ever at, yeah. at any haunted house. <laughs> yeah. There's never enough people. So I've had to play like two or three different things, but. So the bad side for us, we created a thunderstorm over there. Yeah, that was really And it's really like cool lightning that. and thunder and, you know, all the whole deal. And so on that side, it was kind of what you all used to do. with It was kind of like the extended haunt just for folks that get the fast pass or whatever. So one night, we didn't have anybody working over there, so I had to work that side for the dead pass folks. That's what we call them. And so when they were coming through, one thing that I did on that side was we had a chainsaw. <laughs> well, the chainsaw's right at the end in the in the hanging man room, yeah. at, where there's no lightning light, so it don't light up at all. It's dark in there, and then I had somebody in the front that drove on my direction. Well, I was standing in his closet where he hung himself in the seventies with the chainsaw with a mask on, and it's like a it's like a hard clown mask. So mm-hmm. it almost looks like something that a killer would wear, you know, like if they <laughs> wanted to, like you know, do something. But I was standing there, and I looked over to my right, and he was standing there for a split second. There was a, it was, I could literally see a person looking out the closet like I was, same direction, but it was, it was a man. I mean, he was standing, I mean, just a second. It wasn't long enough for me to throw the chainsaw and go out, but it was long enough for me to say like, okay. But then I heard the group coming, and I couldn't do anything because I was like, Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so then Chainsaw did my thing. And then I was like, I like, uh, I had my walkie-talkie on. I told him, I was like, I just saw the hanging man. And they were like, what? I was like, he was in the closet with me. And I'd never seen him before. <laughs> um, you know, I'd, but I'll tell you, I've saw him twice since I got back into the building. Another time, I had a group up there doing a paranormal tour. And a kid was standing with the closet door open. And I seen a head above his head, like somebody was peeking out of the closet. And I asked him, I said, who else is, is there anybody else back there? And he was like, no, I'm the last person through. So I was like, okay, well, that's strange. 
but uh, he's he's never shown himself before. So this is uh-huh. the only two times I've ever seen him. And uh, that room and that area has been a little more active this time because me and my daughter were locking up after one of the, the ghost tours. And usually I'll let t- people take pictures yeah. and things on their way out. So we heard a lady talking at the end of the hallway. I mean, loud, like, uh, you know, us. And so I said, okay, it must be somebody down there taking pictures. We'll go down there, tell them it's time to go, then we'll lock up. So we walked all the way down, nobody at all. So I told her, I was like, let's go back through and make sure. (laughs) So I was so adamant that there were people inside. I said, if we lock them in here, it was summertime. I said, if we lock them in here, they're going to die. They will die. It is hot. So I said, we've got to make sure that there's no people in here. So we, we went through twice, and there was nobody. And that's the second time I've heard a voice like that. The other time was a man. And we were in there. We had cameras everywhere. And I heard a man, and he said, is anybody home? And it was loud. Like, we heard it. Like, two or three of us did. There was nobody there. The front door was locked. Nobody could get in. There was still trash in the back stairwell, because, you, you know, that's before the haunted house. Oh, but, uh, yeah. I mean, that's the only the second time that I've heard, like, audible I still voices. have pictures of the back stairwell with oh, mattresses God, and just trash piled up. It is such a mess. Yeah. <laughs> I, there was so much. So many levels of... I had to climb in there and pull that one bloody mattress out. Man. So was, I, don't, I don't know how I survived in, it. In 2000, I remember in 2017, 18, I don't know, there was one group that like just sat on the mattress, and I was like, Ugh, I wouldn't do, like, that. Don't do that. Yeah, no, I wouldn't do that. I always, people were like, could we lay on it? And I was like, I, I personally have never <laughs> done any of that, because I've seen how it reacted, and you did, when yeah. it was hot or humid. It, yeah. was, it would get like damp. The whole uh, thing would. Mm. And I was like, I'm not laying on any of these. Can I just say, our coworkers that you did that uh, ghost walk for, and it always ends in the Anderson Hotel. Does it always end in the Anderson yes. Hotel? Well, this past season. Yeah, yeah, and so half of them wouldn't go up there. No, and I'm like, guys, come on. It's it's created its own little uh, stigma, I guess. Of, uh, And I guess you can blame me for a lot of that. Because, I mean, the, here's, like, it's so strange. That people are like, oh, yeah, the Anderson. And I just see it as the hotel that I have to go dump buckets because it's leaking water right now as we're doing this podcast. It's raining. raining. And I can't imagine the rain that's going to be. a huge hole in the roof because, unfortunately, this past spring, uh, we had two big windstorms that came through and actually demolished some of our buildings. And, unfortunately, (laughs) the hotel was one of them. Well, and we would have been touched if it would have been for uh, the building next door. Uh, actually, two buildings over. Actually, I believe it was your brother's <laughs> building. Yeah, uh, all those buildings. Yeah, that one. one oh, of, the wood. The rafters yeah, fell, the, flew the, off and the went through. The wood beam from the entire side beam yeah. of, the, of the roof of that building came airborne and impaled the top of the yeah. the front room of the hotel. And I told him, like Jackson, I remember he was like, "Well, meet me up there because the wind had died down." I was like, "Well, we need to check the hotel." Because Main Street looked like a freaking war zone. I mean, I was I remember- actually getting my taxes done on Main Street at the time, and <laughs> it was nothing was going on uh, right before. And then during Brad Gaunt and I, we wrapped up early because we heard his roof coming out, and right. I looked like something from like Ghostbusters or something like that. I got out my camera and I just started running down Main Street as the police was pulling up, and I was like, "Guys, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good." So I actually have pictures as things. And video as things were happening, and it looked yep. like a tornado yes, coming through. I remember that's the first shots I seen <laughs> yeah. of anything, and I was like, "Oh, this is not good." <laughs> no. 
And then, so like we live in, in the subdivision we live, it looked like a war zone. There's yeah. trees everywhere. I mean, just crazy stuff. And we actually lost power for several days uh, because my neighbor, neighbor uh, Robert Weedo, yeah, like he's got this big power pole in his yard, and there's four houses that are on that pole, and that pole broke in it's half, half. Mm-hmm. and it, we didn't have power. Four houses on the entire subdivision <laughs> didn't have power for days. And so we escaped, but I, Jackson told me, he said, meet me in the back of the hotel. We'll go up and check it all. So we went down. We went up. Everything looked normal. Everything was quiet. No problems. Take and then to the front. when I walked to the front, I looked in the front room, and there was this huge beam sticking out. And I was like, oh, that's going to be a problem. <laughs> so, And you could see sky. And I, it's just a skylight. Oh, it was such a freaking mess. And so I remember how they got that out of there because it was like a 20 foot beam. Yeah, they had to cut it and then pull it down in there and cut it more. And then they had to feed it out the back window. So, I mean, there was no other way to get it out. And that building is still in its. It's still under construction. Yeah. Scaffolding is scaffolding still, is still up. It's, there's still a building a couple of doors down that. Uh, has uh, some structural damage to it, so it's closed indefinitely, unfortunately, and so it's... Yeah, the, the crazy thing was when we, when it, when the, end, I don't even know how many insurance adjusters, maybe two or three, have been up there and looked, and the problem they're having is they can't replace the brick with brick from that era. So... That's one issue they're having because it's an old building from it was open nineteen thirty five. So you, can you reuse any of the brick that came off of it? I, I don't, who knows? But I mean, I told Jackson, I said, just have them like level it out and it'll be fine. Yeah. But I don't know what they're going to do. But the problem is they don't want to put both roofs on. They just want to do one. I said, if they don't do both roofs, the other one's going to leak. I have a confession. I have two of the bricks that fell off the building. Hey, that's, I yeah. wish I had one. Oh, I, well, I got two, and Natalie won't let me bring them in, so you can have one. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I got you. Awesome. <laughs> the murder bricks. Yeah. <laughs> they, I'll tell you the funny part about those bricks is one of them went airborne and shot through the window across the street at the tourism office oh, and was lodged man. in the wall. Are you serious? Yes. Uh, Robbie, the tourism director, yeah. sent me a picture. Whoa. And she still got the brick over there, but it was it was like in the wall. That's and I don't know how it went airborne like that. Dang. I just picture the ghost up there like <laughs> throwing them at people. But that's one reason the scaffolding is there because of the brick. Yeah. If the bricks weren't falling, then you know, they wouldn't have put that up. So tell me, so COVID shut down well, okay, so yeah, let me back up. So in 2018-19, we took over the haunted house. Well, we moved the haunted house there. Uh, super, it was a lot of fun. 2020 came. COVID. Oh, I hated COVID. Um, and then, you know, we... And there was, like, all these, like, there was, they made it so impossible for a haunted yeah. house. And we were just named, in 2019, Kentucky Haunted Houses named us the number one attraction yep. in the state. And then Scare Factor, who, people that don't know who Scare Factor are, they are one of the number one review sites out there. And they have teams across the U.S., and they named us the number two attraction must see in state. So we we're like, man, we're coming off our yep. biggest year. We're gonna grow it, and yeah, we just beat out like the Devil's Attic in the Haunted Hotel and like Wicked World. Oh, we're awesome! Yep. And then COVID happened, and so we were like, okay, we'll come back stronger than ever in 2021. It looked like it was gonna happen, and then there was a flare up, 
that summer. And people think, even if it's not happening in October, if even if it's down down in October, when do you start planning a haunted house? Oh, yeah, forever. May. Yeah. We were up and there. And here's in May. the thing: they they were gonna they allowed haunted houses, but I think the restrictions are like you had to wear a mask, yeah. like the actors did. And you had to wipe down stuff in between. You know there's how impossible no, that no is. It's impossible. Yeah, there's no way. Especially when a lot of us wear like silicone, like custom masks, and yeah, you no get way. hot. And there's yeah, no way. So and then we helped Buck Meadows do like we combined with them. And then in 2023, we were like, uh, like we had all formed our separate businesses, and there was five of us that kind of had ownership over, it, and we ended up closing down. And then we were happy to hear that Jeff Waldridge. The man, the myth, the legend, uh, taking his creepy side into right. the hotel well, and opened it know, up. So it, there's a whole lot more to this. Um, <laughs> so the weird part about all this is, I felt like you know I was done. I was accomplished with the hotel. Didn't really. I mean, I was done, and I was happy to see somebody take it. And I was glad to see you all doing things and then everything just unraveled. Yeah, and um, you know because it was still keeping the hotel relevant. You know, and and a lot. You came up there a lot when right. we were up there. Oh, I had to. And, and that's, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, I, I would like for the record, I'd like to state I was not scared, but we had staff that now you are married to that was not right. happy. Like, like here's the thing. <laughs> like, um, your dad would call me every year. And, and he would be like, hey, can you come up here and talk to these people because I really need help. And I understand his pain now. Because if I had people wanting to quit, I'd be like, listen, we need to like bring the priest in. I don't know. But like, I'd have to go up there and have a counseling session or a walkthrough between the living and the dead and kind of tell them, huh, they won't hurt you, which is a lie. Yeah, I was going to say, were you lying? Which, you know, I was kind of just like, you know, skirting over it and being like, oh, it's fine. Everybody's yeah. fine here. Yeah. Nobody's going to hurt you. But then in the back of my mind, I'm like, there's no way that I would do half of this up here. Uh, and then fast forward and there I am. But anyway, the uh, the funny part is, is one of those folks, and it was like, what, maybe the last year you did it, 2019, it was, it was, I think? Yeah, it was 2018 or 19, 19 yeah, I think. Yeah. Something like that. And and my wife, uh, Regan. No, it was 2018. Yes, it was, yep, it was late 2018. And, because that uh, clown hung out with me for yep, the year. And so Most of the year until... I remember, uh, you know, I had to come up there, and she was one of them. And I think the other one was your sister-in-law, maybe. Megan. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was talking to both of them. Because those two work together. Yep. And I was, we were, like, walking them through and going things. And so then me and Regan just kind of stayed together, you know, talking, as far as just, I wanted to find out about what was going on, what they were experiencing. And then, uh, you know, we started dating, and now we're married, and... All so, because of a little porcelain clown. Because of a little porcelain. <laughs> it's almost like the hotel. Like, if if I would have never got involved with that hotel, it is strange. Like, You're, when you start to really look at it. Yeah. Like, if I had never investigated that place, like, none of this. Like, yeah. everything goes into a path. Like, yeah. you start into a path. And that's what I tell people. Sometimes you just got to appreciate the journey. You know, sometimes stuff gets weird and hard, and but you got to appreciate the journey because there's a reason behind so it. So we can ultimately say it's Scarefest because if without Scarefest you wouldn't have done maybe the Lawrenceburg Ghost Walk. Without Lawrenceburg Ghost Walk, maybe you wouldn't. Have and it even goes back way farther than that. Like it's like if it hadn't <laughs> been like for Patty Starr, like you know she we started Scarefest, but if it hadn't been for her, um, I took her Ghost Hunters class years ago, and um, then. 
we started investigating. Then I met my current business partners, Lee and Jennifer Kirkland. That we run Creepy People Management and Cryptid Con, which we can talk about later. Uh, but I would have met them through that. So everything has, like, you just, the journeys. Yeah. And then your dad, like, has been associated with every haunted place almost in town. Inadvertently. In a, like yeah, in a non-investigative <laughs> yeah. way. Like, he's somehow connected. Um but then, like with but with Regan, like we just stayed in contact, and that little clown figure uh, got you know we this, we got this together. clown. It, I must say, it, so we I came attached to it because it has red hair on it, and the character I played is a clown yep. that I started many many moons ago and kind of got known for. It kind of we resembled each other, so I was like, I'm gonna set this on this TV right here, and it hung out with me. And then I realized how much Megan and Regan hated the looks of this thing. So we were like, well, we can go stay with them. And then it started moving on them. And when lights go out, it would move. And things just happened. And the rest was history with that. And then Jeff got involved. And then when we closed down the haunted house, I was like, Jeff, yeah. you have this clown. You le- you <laughs> left it you left it up there. And now he's kind of a staple up there. Yeah, so I just he lives there now. What do we think? Uh, like a spirit maybe attached himself to it? Or? I don't know what his problem is. But I'll tell you, I think he's got a lot... I think his history's a lot like darker um, <laughs> because I don't think it's a ghost like child. I don't think that's no. that. I don't. But at some point, his head had been broken off, like not by you all. No, no. Like before you all got him. Yeah. Because it's old super glue. Yeah. So somebody cared enough about this clown to glue its head back on. I can't remember where mom and dad bought the thing at. And it was like with a hundred other like. Your dad said it was like an auction. Yeah. Like a trunk full or yeah. something. Yeah. Because that trunk, I ended up breaking at Eagle Lake one time because I sat on it thinking it would be fun to make a loud boom. And then I remember I completely crushed, crushed it. So, the trunk. Yeah. And then, so, like, and then just this past year, he was a bank at one time. So, you can see where the little coin slot is in yeah. a clown. He had balloons, but they're gone. Yeah. Like, there are no balloons. And then uh, his little stopper where it hold the money, that's all gone. Yeah. And then, but I was actually looking around in there, and there's soot up in the top of his head. Like, you can take your finger and put up there, and you can... It's like soot, like he's been in some type of fire or around fire. Does, does the clown go inside your house? Uh, no. He was in there one time, and Regan probably don't know this. But <laughs> Sorry, Regan. <laughs> yeah, he was in there one time, and the reason he was in there was because I had to put him like in the case that he lives in yeah. now. So I had to like fit him in there like with foam and stuff to protect him. <laughs> But I remember, okay, so it, this is the funny story. I was going to say, because I remember you talking about your car and stuff. Yeah, like so yeah. like, here's how it all came to be. So I had this event planned at the Kavanaugh house, and, and it all fell through. So I called Jackson. I was like, hey, would you be interested if I brought this group in? And it's an investigation thing. I've already sold tickets for it. And they were like, yeah, that's fine. Just come down. Let's, let's look it over, and maybe we can do some other investigation events. I was like, that's fine. So the weird part about that was I was booked to speak about the hotel in Winchester the week after that, and I told them beforehand I was like I'm no longer associated with the hotel, but I can come talk about it because they wanted to, it's a little uh, like pizza pub that they have little weird yeah. things during Halloween, so I was like okay I'll just go talk about it. Well the week before that I was back in, so I took the clown with me. And I told him, I said, strangely enough, I've just gotten back associated with the hotel to do this do this event that I'd already sold tickets for. And so 
I was like, I can bring the clown with me because you left him up there. <laughs> but I didn't have anything to put him in. So I was like, I got to keep him safe. So I put him in the trunk. And then my latch alarm would go off. Like, it, that, it never happens. Like, even with it full of groceries, it never goes off. And he was the only thing in the trunk. And the latch alarm would go off anytime he was in the trunk. So I was like, well, maybe he don't want to be in the trunk of the car. I don't know what his problem is. But then I got him a little case off Amazon. It's yeah. not like some historic case. No, I no. found a nice looking one and uh, put foam in it and, you know, blessed the case. Got Had the, had the case <laughs> blessed. And it's got a St. Benedict medal and stuff in it just to make sure. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I rarely close the case on him. Um, only times I will close the case is if I'm transporting him somewhere and he needs to be safe. Otherwise, um, and I really liked the case too, because it had like two latches and like little clips, yeah. so it wouldn't come open. And so usually I'll take him out like at Burgoo or something and let him see the street. And so I'll, <laughs> it's almost like I, I, I treat him with respect. Yeah. You know, I'm like, you want to go sit on the table at Burgoo and you can look at the festival yeah. folks. You want to do this? <laughs> And then in the haunted house, he was he was actually in my wife's room when she was scaring in there, like over in the corner. Yeah. He sat in his little case, yeah. and he would, could see all the scary people when they come through. But uh, I always tell people it's funny because if I didn't have that, if it wasn't for that clown, like I wouldn't have my wife and my son, which is That's my crazy. only son. I have daughters otherwise. Yeah. Uh, my only son and me and Re- and here's the crazy part about that, like. My last name, Waldridge, it dies with me. So, like, I was the only male child on yeah. my side of the family. And it was going to die with me because I only had daughters. I had no intentions of having any other children ever. And then me and Regan got together. We had my son, which now he can carry the name forward. So, it's it's weird how <laughs> everything just kind of aligned. And it was all, like, re- very strange and uh golly, so, so first year have you done haunted house before this year nope i hate them yeah. i hate haunted so houses. it was crazy we i wouldn't go of, to them so it was crazy how it kind of fell in our lap we uh myself martin and our dad um were business people we are the haunted house i ultimately attest to cat madness uh, which was a huge sporting event in our county and everything, just because we were kind of business swavy um, and marketing backgrounds and everything and just kind of knew how to build a brand. And then we brought on Tyler uh, Smith and then Wes McCown, who's with um, Lawrenceburg Supply. And he, you know, all five of us started. None of us had really been to haunted houses before. We just knew how to build a brand and we just kind of started researching and they kind of just went from there. And now, do I miss it? Yeah, around this time, it was really cool being back up there and smelling the Heavens to Betsy gourmet sandwiches oh, as you walked up there with a hint I of can't, pee. I can't eat there but, <laughs> whenever I'm, like, I was up there so much. But and then, it's, um, it it's crazy because our haunted house is what we had as a brand. The brand has stayed the same, but they've kind of varied on the inside. You have kept more of the hotel history. We went all out we're gonna bring a lot of movie characters to you and everything else but with that with with a side of gore like uh with uh i should have said 33 jasons up yeah. there. it would have been easier <laughs> like that's one thing that we i told like, them from the beginning i was like why don't we just like 
Just put Leatherface in yeah, there. Yeah, w- like, because w- we, we kind of s- tried to stay with the storyline on, like, the, the suicide stuff and everything else, but then you're going to run into Pennywise in the back. Uh, right. So you, we're so, going to kind of have a mix. But you kind of stayed authentic, and it's what's made you different. Well, it is. And and I'll tell you, but here's the thing. People don't understand it. And that, that was one battle we had, which you know how it is when you yeah. open the first year or whatever. Yeah. People kind of got to get into it. Yeah. But, like, this is the one thing that I wanted... I never really had the, I had the idea to do the haunted house that way. And I was like, well, it's going to be sitting there anyway. And so I, I want to try it. So the whole thing was, I want to do it based on history and the deaths of the hotel. But, you know, of course, turned up like a regular haunted house. Because, I mean, it is a regular haunted house. But it's not, I didn't want to do the movie characters because I wanted to see how original we could get with it. Oh, it's original. And and what it could happen with it. So, like, that's one thing that a lot of the reviewers have said is, like, it's unlike anything they've ever seen. It was very immersive. And that's what I wanted because I wanted it to be, and this is some, it has to be some type of, you know, like, psychosis maybe. I don't know. But, like, I wanted to gain the person's trust when they come through the front door. And then I wanted to slowly make them wish they didn't trust us at all That's what we wanted to do right yeah, so like awesome. so like when they come in and they enter the lobby yeah which i won't give too much away because we still got hell yeah i was gonna say i was gonna out. get you to plug it um yeah but like when you come into the lobby it's not like you know you're not getting jump scared right away so it's not just boom 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 yeah and that's what people are used to and then you slowly, it just slowly unravels into chaos. Yeah, I wasn't going to like touch on anything because I went up there with Stuart home and I know it was kind of scaled back. But then Marcus, I hope y'all got Marcus good last night. <laughs> we did. Good. Because he jumps on anything. In the end, you know what happens in yeah. the end. We absolutely got good. it. Good. So, I would have, yeah. I went down there and I was, say, like, yeah. I was like, Marcus, what are you doing? And he was like. I'm going through here. I was like, are you by yourself? He was like, yeah. But he was trying to like keep it like, you know, like like he didn't know what was going on. Because t- we toured him through and showed him yeah. everything before. But it was two other people he didn't know that we were going to be in the group with him. So he was like totally <laughs> like playing the part. And so, you know, I was like, okay. So, But yeah, like it was, I don't know. I, was I hope like, y'all dropped him. Oh, it was, it was so good. Yeah. But, you know, that's the thing. Like we've had people... We had to be very careful because you're dealing with very controversial topics. Oh my gosh. So yes. like it's not like, you know, Pennywise, you know, we're actually showing depicting the deaths of some of these people, not graphically. Yeah. But we insinuate what's happened there. And you know, that like for Stuart Home we took all that out because yeah. yeah, we're yeah, not yeah, doing yeah. any of yeah. that yeah. at all. But for say regular haunted house people, well then you get to meet the hanging man and you yeah. get to see the manager that shot himself years ago and you get to see, you know, the suicide mattress girl yeah. and all that kind of different things. It's all aspects of the hotel. And we had to like put warnings out there and let people know because here's the problem. Yes, some people know somebody that has unfortunately took their own life, but usually it's in one way. Yeah. We depict Everything, every single yeah. mechanism. <laughs> But not graphically. I will tell so, people that. Uh, our last year, we had one that involved a fetus. And it was we always gave warnings out there. Yeah. And, and, and just like your haunted house, we were not meant for kids. Right. Don't bring your kids. That's there. what I told them. Yeah. Hey, let me tell you a story about this year. 
So I look up on the monitor, and there's a baby. Oh, like, no. somebody tried to bring a baby through the haunted house. Did you say no? I can't discuss that, because it was already <laughs> too far in. Oh, no. But I was like, it was like the worst thing ever, and it was just like a train wreck. Like, you're watching a train wreck, yeah. but I was like, please, God, do not harm the baby. Just let them people get through in and get out. 2019, I remember someone had a three and a four-year-old on their hip, and I'm like, what am I going to do? I tell them all the time, I told them, people have asked, I'm like, this is not for young children. No, I no. don't even, you know... Not at all. And some people will bring them through and it's whatever, but this haunted house is not for young children. I tell you what, people can do some dumb stuff. But and we, we warned people we warned people just kind of what was in there and what it was depicting. But the biggest trouble that someone absolutely got mad at wasn't about the death or the self harm or the uh fetus or anything else. It was uh, some of our friends, mutual friends, ripping out pages out of a Bible. And those told pe- me that those people got so mad. And I mean, it's okay, but also remember, it's a, it's for entertainment. Right. And I know you shouldn't disrespect the Bible like that. But those people got so mad, and it, 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 at the end, we just said, "All right." I'm not going to name them because I think they listen to the podcast and you know who I'm talking about. Right. Love them dearly. Some of the greatest actors they've been with us since day one. We we're like, all right, guys, um, you can do it out of like a normal like notebook or something. Just don't let it be like a Bible. Like a real Bible. <laughs> and that's one thing like I was looking and everybody was so nervous because they were like, um, are you sure this is not going to get us like a bunch of like backlash i think any news is good i'm the same way but i mean I, and i told him i was like i'm not running for office <laughs> like your dad has like a political career to think yeah. about here it's like i'm not running for office so i mean you know i mean we can deal with all oh, that's here. what sucked kind of growing up because we still had to represent him right. and it was but it was easy though i mean because we still got to do what we want and that's and another thing with your dad like running the haunted house he had to be very careful because oh, yeah. he you know he was the sheriff but at the, the time thing was is he made everything Thing. mine and tyler and martin's ideas of course he did he couldn't take blame he was he was there kind of as our uh our facilitator and always took care of business i tell you what 2013 first group that went through the haunted house they ended up with a dui that's great because they they decided they were going to throw hands in the last room and that's what our dad, decided, about that. our dad decided to act and it was the last room he was the last scare and they punched him and I've never really seen my dad move that quick. Put him outside, and the guy was so drunk, couldn't stand up, and he was still trying to fight. Well, he went away in cuffs that night. I think it's funny because <laughs> we uh, we we have a deputy out yeah. back every yeah. every night. You have to. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. And it was funny because one night people had waited in long a line for a long time or something, so they like drove by and was cussing at the ticket booth, and he was like, "I think that's reckless driving." So I think he wrote him a ticket for like <laughs> reckless driving. I was like, well, I mean, you know, if you see fit. But, you know, it's just like you'll never understand the reality of people until you deal with them in that aspect. Because, yeah. like, there are some times where it's like they'll get online and they'll be like, I wasn't scared at all. I'm like, I have video yeah. of you totally running down the hallway. Yeah. So like, if you, you know, we will post this if you need us to. Everyone's a keyboard warrior. Right. Everybody's a keyboard warrior. And then like, just the other day, somebody was like, you should have trigger warnings. I was like, we have two large signs that say 
warning, this haunted house deals with the following, blah, 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 blah. And that is exactly, I mean, it says it on there. And then yeah. we have a video that says, warning, this haunted house deals with this. That's crazy. So, I mean, you know, yes. So, you have one night left. Tell me about it. So, Halloween night is going to be absolutely, we're calling it like our extreme night. We go extreme. And it's just basically, we're going to really turn up the, the, the volume. Hands on, right? If you sign the waiver, and only for 18 and older. Uh-huh, so people sign a waiver. Yeah, so like uh, the way we're going to do it is they can purchase uh, the full contact experience, and they'll have a glow necklace on, and that is the only people that will be touched. Otherwise, you just come, it's a regular haunted house. But uh, for those that want to be a little more hands-on, uh, it will be, you know, one night only. And for those to sign a waiver, you have to present your ID. Uh, and then, I mean, we've got some cool things planned, but it's just an experiment. Because yeah. I want to see what what we're capable of as far as that goes. But I tell you, we've, we've battled a lot of challenges this season. And, yeah, the numbers have not been huge but you know yourself you've yeah. got to get your reputation you got to build there. that brand and so that's what we're basically doing and the biggest thing we had to to battle was i mean the scaffolding you know yeah. it was it was it's dark because that kind of knocks know, out uh, right because it's kind of blocked where you can't decorate to, yeah and it's you know you, yeah because it's i mean my whole idea from people the see a construction site and they kind of just turn yeah away. Uh, they're yeah. like what well, maybe not open. People yeah. people ask us all the time, well, we didn't think you were open because we drove by and it was dark. You know, they couldn't see the lights. They couldn't see everything. And so, like, one, my idea from the beginning was to shoot colored spotlights up the front of the building to make it really look nice. Well, you can't, you can't do, do that, that with a scaffolding. Yeah. So that was prior to the storm. And uh, so we were just kind of stuck. And, I mean, it is what it is. But, I mean, we've did good, great. I mean, the reviews have been good. Uh, Scare Factor gave us like a, like a eight point four five or something. I think yeah. I don't remember what it was, but it was really good. Yeah, and they everybody's talking about the actors. The actors were good because we've got really good roles, and you know we've taken people and that have never done anything like that before, and we're like, listen, just do this, and like every bit of it is kind of my brainchild. So I would literally sit with them in the room and be like, this is what I envision this character being. And this is how you de- you need to play it. And they nail it. So, And it's almost like the ghosts have allowed us to, to do things too. Because me and Chris uh, joked and Steve uh, would, would joke and be like, all right, ghost, we need something. Yeah. <laughs> and then it would just magically appear. Yeah. Like we would find things. Like I'll tell you one funny story. Just the other day, we were looking for one of those little screw-in, plug-in uh, light outlet things that you screw a bulb into because yeah. we needed an extra one. And we were like, we were messaging the, the groups like, hey, we need you to run to Walmart before you get here. We need an extra socket. And then Chris goes upstairs and looking around, and he finds one. I was like, I'm telling you right now, there was not an extra one here because I used the last one the other day. And I'm telling you, I looked everywhere in that room. So the ghosts were just like, here, it's right here. Just use it. But it's almost like they provided us with things or That's they would awesome. help us find things. But I tell people, it's almost like they wanted their story to be told in some strange way. Um, but... I don't know. We've we've had some things happen up there. Uh, Steve left his drill up there one day, so he had to go get it. So he had to go into the building by himself. 
And uh, he said when he got to the top of the stairs, he heard a door slam. And I told him, I was like, there's no doors that slam. Yeah. Like, the only doors that slam up there are the ones on the springs, and you have to push them. I said, there's no other doors that's going to slam in that building. And I've heard it a couple of times. I was up there the other day, and I heard the same thing. Heard door slam, and then it sounded like a loud thud hit the floor. And I was like, oh. Because <laughs> I was by myself. Yeah. So I was like, you just... Leave me alone. And yeah, I remember going up there by yourself. Yeah. Well, I mean, I used to have a rule where I didn't go by myself because they will mess with you. And so now I just kind of do whatever. But the funny part was one day I was up there by myself hanging plastic over the windows. And I kept hearing footsteps back and forth and back and forth. Just footsteps. And I was like, will you please stop or get a hammer or something and help? <laughs> because i mean if you've got that much energy to be walking around hang some plastic or i'll tell something. you what the worst job that no one wanted to do um every night before we closed down the last thing you had to do is turn off the power breaker yeah, yeah. i'm all the way in the I'm back i'm always the breaker man Are usually you? i yeah. was usually the breaker yep. person and yeah. it's that one switch in the very back because it still have green tape like yep. next to it and everything still does yeah <laughs> that's the way we mark the good power yeah, yeah. Mark it with green tape. and uh, Because there's no power, there's no bathrooms, no plumbing, no nothing up there. I'll tell you, and you'll you'll appreciate it, you have to learn how to wire the building with extension cords. Yup. And not just any extension cords. No. High-grade extension cords. (laughs) High-grade that have to be ran through power strips and grounded. And and that way, if something trips, it just trips that area. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, and you got to be like, there's two segments of power. And that's what people don't understand. There's a cord, which you all use. I'm surprised that thing still works. Oh, no. <laughs> because that extension cord is the original cord that I ran upstairs. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's huge. And that's the only power we had forever. Yeah. And then you all got it, you know, reworked. Yeah. But there's two segments. You got your front extension cord and you have your, your rear part of the building yeah. that's wired. Yeah. And that's it. So, oh, you got to so, get power but everywhere But we're else. saying maybe of the eight to 10,000 square feet up there, we're saying maybe 800 square feet of it is powered. Oh, easily. If that. Yep. And then it. you've got to cord the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. So we've had to get creative and run cords here, run cords that there. That was our biggest investment, insurance and extension cords. I don't know how much money I've got in cords right now. <laughs> I really don't. Like, I, I remember one day I, I spent $100 on cords alone, and they were not even, like, a lot. So I don't know how much cords is up there, but it's easily yeah. hundreds of dollars worth of extension cords. But uh, all in all, it's it's a great. I guess I'll go. Well, we've been going at it for about an hour and twenty minutes. Um, go ahead, plug um, the haunted house and uh, get the followers to come. So, what time do y'all start on Wednesday uh, or Tuesday? Tuesday, we're gonna start Halloween night at eight o'clock. And I pushed it back a little bit because trick or treating, trick or treating, and things. And I wanted people to be able to do trunk or treats or whatever they're doing. And so the ticket booth will open at seven thirty. First group at eight. And then we're only going to run to 11. So that way people can still kind of get in and get out. Uh, we've changed some things up. We had a lot of issues at first with lines. And you know how those go. Yeah. And so we've changed some things where they move quicker. So even if you've been through it already once this year, go again. because It's going to be a little different. It's going to be different. It's going to be a little different. Each, Not every area, but every we're, it's going to be a little different. The, yeah. whole, the whole experience. We've changed. I'll tell you what. We built an additional room. This past week, just just 
to change it up and make it go quick. There wasn't one week that it was the same when we were yeah. doing it. Just because, like, in the best ideas would come at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning. And, <laughs> hey, I'll tell you a funny story about that. Steve asked me, he said, do you ever sleep? And I was like, yeah, but if I wake up at, like, 2 in the morning or something and I have an idea, if I don't send it to somebody, then I'll forget it. Yeah. So, like, I'm, I'll wake up and be like, oh, this is going to be great, and then I'll send it. I honestly think that's where the idea, um, our first year up in the hotel, I came out of a TV armoire, and when I was up there the other day, I was so happy to see that thing. Hey, up there. It, that thing is beat up. That will never leave that hotel. <laughs> Because I heard the pains that y'all had to get that up there. Yeah. I was, was like, I ain't doing that again. It was awful. I think uh, my brother-in-law almost broke his foot getting up there, but we had to take it up steps, and we hollowed it out, and I would jump out of an armor right after they finished watching the introduction video. You want to hear And the, that's where most people quit. You want to hear the funniest thing about the hardest thing we had to get up there? A tree. Like a tree? we took Okay, so like... I don't remember seeing a tree up there. It, it's in the gypsy room. So it's in a fortune teller room. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So like, we were uh, in this limb laid in my yard forever. <laughs> like it's huge. Like it's like a whole tree limb. And let me tell you, Bree does an excellent job yes, in that room. She does, and and she's like gotten every reviewer talks about it. And it was all my vision because I wanted a gypsy because this town was like so like involved with gypsies coming through, and so she's got the whole blind eye. Mm-hmm. She's got everything. And so the funny part about it was, I was like, Regan had the idea. She was like, we need a tree in her room. We can use that limb that fell in her yard. <laughs> and so I let that limb lay there and like die. All the leaves fell off of it. What we didn't think about when we got it to the building was we had built doorways and false walls. And now we've got this huge limb that normally would be easily to get in there. But we have these walls yeah. and things now. So I was like, how are we going to get this limb in there? And it was already in the staircase and we were stuck. So we had to take a sawzall and cut it into like three spots. <laughs> number the spots. And then that way we could put it back together when we got back up there. So we have a reconstructed tree that's in, inside the building. So where that gypsy room's at is where my first room is at, which where the clown... Uh, porcelain clown was at originally before it moved to the next room which intel introduced your wife so it all connects exactly. together See, yeah it all, it so the tree connect. limb is yep. associated with your wife it's all like a, it's all like a crime pattern <laughs> yeah. it's really strange but you know i look at it and i look at that we've had uh, i think we've had like 109 checkouts like early early yeah, checkouts I'm a, my nephew I can't believe he, I told him, and I said, don't be stupid. And apparently his group was not very, uh, no, and not only if you get scared and you can quit or whatever, zero tolerance. And we were zero tolerance as well. Don't go up there and try to destroy stuff. Here's the thing. Like, here's the crazy part about it. Don't try to fight. Don't don't try to destroy stuff. People ask all the time, will you touch us? Only if you touch, you know, if you touch us, we're going to touch you. Yeah. You know, we're humans. You know, you have a you have a right to defend yourself. I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna come up there Halloween night. I might get him, and I'm gonna watch him Do it. act like Do a little it. baby. I'll tell you the funny part about like I don't know that other haunted houses in the area have early like early leaves like you all did, and yeah. like we like I don't know if that happens at some of these places. That's a trophy. Yeah, like it really is. Like yeah. we have it hanging inside yeah, the yeah. front room. Yeah, where you see it when you enter. We've still got your 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 hash mark board oh, do you? <laughs> in the break room in That's the back. Awesome. 
So it's still back there, and and we kept the banner that said all your you know all your reviews and stuff. Cool. I still get it back there. Cool. So I mean, you know, that's a part of the of the building's history, and yeah. I appreciate all of that. But I mean, uh, it's just I don't. It's crazy that I hate haunted houses, but I I've, I'm doing one. Yeah. But I I would much rather be on that side of the fence. I don't want to be on the tour side of the fence. Yeah, you know, I don't yeah, want to yeah, go yeah. through them. So but what's I, I funny is my daughter, when we did the ghost tour the other day, my daughter's 11 now, and she was associated with our haunted house ever since, because we started in 2013, she was born in 2012, so she kind of always grew up knowing that her dad did a haunted house, and she'd been up to the hotel, she used to lead groups as a kid through for our Lights On Mask Off event, yeah. but because of the ghost walk, and you told about exactly what happened, she would not go up, and I was like, Bailey, you lived up here with me, I'll tell me. you Come a funny on. story too, like my daughter... Um, up there with me a ton when we were building. She knew where every scare was. Did she where... want to go up there now? Well, no. She wanted to last night because it was at the end of the night. And we were waiting on the ticket booth to shut down. And we didn't have a group. So she was like, can I go through? And I was like, yeah. So I told everybody, you know, get ready like you normally would. She wants to see the whole thing. And she was terrified. Like at the end, <laughs> literally in a ball on the floor crying. <laughs> and I was like. Kaylee, like, you knew where everything was. Like, you literally saw. She ran the control room one night, telling, calling groups where they were in the house. She did it by herself one night. She knew where they all were. But I guess it was just like being in the moment. Of yeah. course, I had to take a chainsaw and hit her. Oh, uh, yeah. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. You're going to torture your kids. No, it was funny. I would never touch people. But you give me an inch, I'm going to fit between oh, you and yeah. a person. We, we're going to get yeah, that. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to get in. I'm not going to touch you, but I'm going to squeeze yeah, we, in between you. We, we're going to get in that. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, I think, and so many people have helped. And you know yourself. And they're like, man, it was fun. Yeah. And I'm like. It is fun. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's enjoyable to see somebody have fun. But the the groups that I love are the ones that know what they're there for. Yeah. You know, they're there to have fun. They're there to go through. They're there to be scared. They love it. Uh, we had a group like last group of the night. They had been doing haunted houses in the area, and so we did the whole thing. And then when they got out back, you know, they were all kind of slowed down. They were ready, kind of chilled, but it was over. And then, of course, we hit them with the chainsaw and chased them all the way to the car. And and they were like, they absolutely loved it. They Good. said that was the best thing ever. But, you know, groups, just come have fun. Yeah. You know, you don't want to be tough. You, you, you don't want to be a tough guy. You don't want to, you know, the toughest guys we usually break in there. Yeah. And then you'll be crying next to your, your girlfriend or wife or whatever the situation is. But... You know, I went. I went through the haunted hotel in Louisville last year, and me and full my wife. Contact, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And me and my wife, and I was wearing an Anderson Hotel haunted oh, house shirt. Yeah. And they was like, "How are you associated with them?" And I was like, oh, "I was one of the owners." And they went, "Okay, well, they do what we would do, what you would do, <laughs> right. radio." Hey guys, guess what? We got we yeah. got the Anderson Hotel haunted house owners, and we're like, "Oh, sweet, yes." Well, poor. A girl and boy that just started dating, 18 years old, they were in our group. Because oh, we were a group no. of three, and they put them with us. Right. I'm like, oh, yes, we're about to get it. And so Natalie was like, oh, no. I, I'm like, why are we doing this? And the other girl that was with us, her name's Ashley. And she's like, woo! Yeah. Uh, no, the boy and girl, uh, 18-year-old couple, uh, pretty well broke up by the end of it. Because they hit They're us like, so hard. And yeah. the girl ended up clinging on to me. And the boy was just cinched his hood. Like any boy, 18-year-old in a hoodie 
just cinched it and would not like would just go down the ball. They were arguing the entire time, and I felt responsible for their breakup i love the hoodie wearers (laughs) because that's what i tell them like you can pull the strings tight and they they pull them tight oh we used to we used to have names for groups you know you got the ones that uh the trains that are all holding on to each other uh, with cinch hoods and then you got the ones that are like trying to separate out and trying to not act like the tough guy but then like soon as you get them they go down to the floor and then you got the ones that just the floor floppers Go to the floor that will not get up, and it's fun at first, but then you're just gonna back groups up. Like, listen, so you're like, "Come on!" Like, listen, you need to get up <laughs> yeah, and get on yeah, out yeah. of here because we got to go. Well, uh, it's been about an hour and a half, Jeff. It's been great. Uh, let's do it again next year. Yeah, let's do it yeah. anytime. And yeah. uh, I mean, like I said, we we didn't even touch on like the Bigfoot. Yeah, stuff. we didn't touch on that. We didn't it's touch so on much. yeah, creepy people management really, and like uh. Yeah, yeah, like there's just so much going and the, on. And the books out, you know, if you want the book. Yeah, where where can you go? Uh, to you can get it on Amazon, or yeah. you can get it at uh, deadparkbooks.com. What's so, the book called? Um, the Haunting of a Bourbon Town. So it's uh, it's all about Lawrenceburg's hauntings and ghosts and its history and pictures. Definitely a and good, everything. good, definitely a good read. Uh, the Haunted House. Uh, go to it. Um, one last time, one last chance. Yeah, uh, eight p.m. Uh, start time here in Lawrenceburg at the Anderson Hotel. Go visit the oldandersonhotel.com, right? Yep, that's it. All right. Jeff, it's been a pleasure. Thank you all for listening to our latest episode. If y'all have any questions, message us, text me. You have my phone number. Guys, y'all have been great. Thank you all so much. Jeff, anything else? That's it. Thank um, you all for having me. Thank you, brother. See you all. You know, I was listening to my brother podcast the other day. Something that my sister-in-law said. I tell you what, that hit me hard. So I had an idea, and the best way that I could speak about it was I came up with this. You can't see the future coming, not the terrors for sure, but you can see the good right behind the door. Your lungs are for the joy to come For the things you alive You feel like number one When you're tempted to give up Breakthroughs around the corner Just stop playing, playing with that danger This life, this night Your story, it matters Once the storm is over, then it matters The picture of tomorrow can be renovated today Just soak up the views and just pray If you're going through hell, just keep going Sometimes life is a bitch, but just keep soaring It isn't weak There's still a place for you here Just take a break, breathe, and still be here It's okay to slow down You never have to fake it Others do it too, just for the sake It's so much darker when the light goes out Even if never shown, we should bring the bright out Take a shower, wash the day off Drink a glass of water, sit down And just say that you can be stronger Notice your heart's still beating and you're still fighting 
You made it after all the lights still shining A clear sight full of rap and you will too Find the strength to go on and you be you Life ain't about opinion, status, or appearance You never have to fake it for anyone If they true, they will take it For who you are and what you become Showing them you overcome Never give up, never give up on your story Never on the people that you love and let them hear your story Tell it to someone, it could save your life this world and in this bright when pain is around us feel overwhelming if you feel alone and overwhelming just hanging there as it gets better because to someone i swear you are a treasure to anyone out there who is hurting it's not a sign of weakness to ask for help but it's a sign of strength Someone that cares, you here for a reason, we all care.